0: What's up, everybody? This is Jordan Rossler and Derek Ambrose from the Dynasty Builders Podcast, part of the DLF family of podcasts. Each week, we use film analysis, rookie breakdowns, ADP, analytic tools, and a dose of humor to ensure that you get actionable and practical advice from each and every episode to help you build a dynasty. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. I hope you enjoyed that new intro by the new DLF podcast, Dynasty Builders. I just found out about it. Couldn't wait to put it in here because I hadn't I hadn't heard it yet, honestly. Um, So, what should we talk about this week? In 2018, in the off-season, I wrote an article basically breaking down DLS ADP. Now, DLS ADP is Dynasty-focused. It's created by Ryan McDowell, setting up uh, around about 5 to 10, I think, different mocks, full of interested Dynasty participants, um, and they draft, and then they compile all the results um, to create an ADP, the average draft position of all the players taken in those mocks, and then he does it every month, every year, but it only goes back to 2013 or so. Um, Now, I explain how Ryan compiles ADP, just so you know the the source of the numbers, basically. Um, Because... You know, just taking 12 people at a time even though they're Dynasty interested doesn't give you a complete holistic view of what everyone in every draft thinks but Ryan's ADP has proved to be remarkably good as an overall measure of how most drafts are going to feel I honestly feel that way especially in Dynasty circles because DLF attracts interested Dynasty participants you don't get wild picks or people trying new things you get people honestly drafting for the most part Um, how they would draft in a standard 1QB league kind of a thing. And DLS recently added uh, Superflex ADP through the same methodology. Now, I tell you all that to basically summarize that article, which I I tried to show as much as I could, but one of my main takeaways is that wide receiver ADP was a lot more sticky in terms of how accurate we were going to be in predicting who's in the top 5, top 12, top 24, Um, than at running back. And also running back was a lot more volatile in the sense that running backs were a lot more likely to jump into the top five in terms of um, finishing that year inside the top five um, in total PPR points if they were drafted outside the top 36. So outside the top 36 running backs drafted at their position were much more likely to jump into the top five in actual scoring that year um, from August ADP than wide receivers. Um, that was interesting, but I also tried to show what that meant. What does that mean in terms of actual numbers? How many running backs actually jump into the top 12 or top 5 versus wide receivers? Because we're dealing with real, a real small group when you're just talking about 5 players. You know, one player accounts for a very large percentage of that of that small group, right? Um, now, today I don't want to talk... Well, I'm not going to just rehash that article. What have, what have been... One of the things I've been posting about and talking about recently is repeats in terms of production performance in actual end-of-year finishes. So not taking into account ADP, but it, it's relevant to the conversation, I think. Um, so if a wide receiver finishes inside the top three, so Julio Jones finishes first overall um, in total PPR points that year. How many times does a Julio Jones repeat that feat the very next year? Not how many years do they repeat, because we already know you why know, receivers are much more likely to have successive seasons uh, or a greater number of successive seasons inside certain production levels. That's mostly to do with a career arc. But how about year to year, this year to next year, since, you know, uh, 2009 I've gone back to. So... A similar trend develops where a wide receiver is actually the rate of wide receivers repeating inside certain production levels is actually higher than a running back inside the top three, inside the top five, and inside the top 12. Now, it's difficult to do numbers on a podcast. As you know, I de- typically try to avoid it because just a guy reading number one, it's hard to visualize how to catch as, they, as we just talk at a regular pace. It's hard to just uh, remember, frankly. What, what was that number? I really need to write that down so I can see what he's talking about. So I try to avoid it. But just to give you some context, like wide receivers who finish in the top five in any year since 2009 repeated in the top five the following year in terms of overall fantasy points at a 34% or 34.5% rate. So 34 or 35% of wide receivers who finish in the top five are repeating the next year inside that same production level of inside the top five. Now this is aside from VORP or how valuable a top 5 wide receiver is compared to a top 5 running back. But running backs repeat inside the top 5 at about a 23-24% rate. So it's significantly lower than wide receiver. A wide receiver is more likely to keep up a top 5 production level. Now top 5 is a lot more important for running back than it is for wide receiver. And as I just mentioned, that doesn't say... That doesn't account for the fact that a top five wide receiver isn't as valuable necessarily to winning a season or gaining value in Dynasty as a running back in the top five. But it does give us some sort of idea of who's more likely to repeat. Because over and over again, consistently and with good reason, because this is just year over year, it doesn't mean that running back won't produce another top five season again. Although based on the ADP article, I know very few actually ever do. Like, uh, running back with two or three top five performances is relatively rare. Le'Veon Bells of the world, who have multiple years under their backs, are actually, you know, the unicorns of all unicorns, although I'm really too fond of the term unicorn for this type of stuff. I use it a lot. I've got, I've defined a lot of things as unicorns, but still. Um, whereas wide receivers, on the other hand, especially inside the top 12, inside the top 24, if you, if you have two of those, you're pretty likely to get four of those. Whereas a running back, if you have two top 12 seasons, getting three is a significant barrier to cross. It puts you in a very small category of running backs that we should definitely want a lot. Or should definitely have wanted a lot before it happened, perhaps. But talking about position finish and taking ADP out of it, this disparity between the positions really stops at the top 24 level. A running back is as a li- as likely to repeat inside the top 24 year over year as a wide receiver is to repeat year over year. Now, flashback to my ADP article, one of the things I was trying to emphasize is that drafting running backs who are likely to finish inside the top 24 but not top 12 is a low-value move in Dynasty 1. That's not where the most running back value comes from, Um or rather, there are some top 24 running backs that a lot of people have hope can cross into that top 5 or top 12 category, and those are the guys you sell because it's actually relatively rare. that re- that's, It's l- less common, should I say, that running backs drop, jump from the top 24 to the top 5 or top 12 than at wide receiver. We think of it as more likely to happen than not, and that's why I was out in Kerry and Johnson, and it's a bet I almost lost because, frankly, he was showing a top 13 pace And before he got injured. And now obviously everyone thinks he's at the league. But anyway, it's one I got right. But suddenly mm, made me nervous a little bit last year. All right. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is that wide receiver is not only uh, easier to predict. Or we get the ADP more accurate inside the top 5, top 12, top 3 even at wide receiver. But they're also much more likely to repeat being at those production levels if they have done it the previous year. Now, a lot of things goes into that, right? I'm not taking into account any team situation or the fact that they might get injured. I'm grouping it all together and say the full total risk of random running back A that finishes in the top five is greater than the wide receiver from that same year who finishes in top five repeating. So it could be team situation, it could be an injury, it could be uh, a whole variety of things, just the coaching staff goes nuts and doesn't use them as much like a tog early. Although, you know, there's probably significant reasons why a coaching staff, quote-unquote, goes nuts and does something like that. But that is an, that's a whole level view of a running back, and almost too broad to judge any individual running back, but it is something I like to keep in the back of my mind. Again just the base understanding that is most likely to happen, and then I'll judge a running back in particular. So when I look at the top five running backs right now, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook's probably in there, or Elliott, right? Um I don't throw them out. Like, I still want all those running backs a lot. Um, and I thought I'd show, again, going back to that percentage of a small group, what I'm saying here, because it's easy to exaggerate Small edges, right? And all edges are small, and we know running backs are highly valuable. And right now, there's a big zero RB conversation going out, and I don't know I can add to it yet, or I'm not ready to add to the the whole here's zero RB and what we think of it and what we should think of it. If you're interested, Scott Barrett and Adam Harmstead just had one of the most in depth and interesting conversations I've ever heard of it on the Fantasy Points podcast. Definitely recommend checking that out. Disagree with some stuff, really agree with other stuff. Both guys are much smarter than me. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, And it's definitely really interesting. Um, But for right now, I'm just kind of doing the stuff around 0RB or not 0RB or heavy running back. That I can say for sure. My base assumptions based on consistent and consecutive trends that don't really change. I have no really reason to expect them to change. And that's true in both ADP and how accurate we get. We regress on that a lot. I talked about that a few episodes ago. And also in terms of this, how likely is random running back A to repeat at the same position or production level? As a wide receiver, this remains consistently true too. And that doesn't matter if you think the wide receiver is changing recently or undergoing changes or might be more similar to last year than the year before, which I typically don't. Um, In terms of finishing, because of the risks that running back and this speaks to some of Sean Siegel's anti-fragility argument that's inherent in zero RB, and that's why it's slightly connected, Um, includes a lower repeater, or a lower repeatability um, uh, of the running back position until you get to the top 24, which is the running backs which are less valuable and easier to get. Running backs jump inside the top 24 from outside the top 36 in ADP as well at a higher rate. So anyway, I wanted to put how... I want want to talk about that, but I also wanted to show, because it's easy to exaggerate small edges, what we're actually talking about. Because this edge at wide receiver inside these groups is often one or half a player on average. So none of that makes sense. Let me uh, say this another way. The number of running backs on average that repeat inside the top five every year since 2009 is about one3 So 1 and 0.3 of some poor running back repeats inside the top 5 level. So let's just round out and say one running back repeats a top 5 season every year. So Christian McCaffrey, just lock lock him in. No reason to particularly choose Christian McCaffrey outside the top 5, except the fact I can't conceive of him not being a top 5 running back the most out of that group. So just lock him in. How about wide receiver? At wide receiver, about one9 So, some poor running back had his foot, wide receiver had his foot cut off. So, let's just say two. So, the difference is one player inside the top five is as likely to repeat. Now, that definitely doesn't rebalance it based on the value and the point spread of the running back and wide receiver positions. That's... A weird way of saying that. That doesn't make top five wide receivers suddenly more valuable and more important than top five running backs, because that one top five running back is worth both those top five wide receivers in terms of dynasty value, especially if he's of the right age, and really in terms of the value he's giving you over a replacement level running back that finishes inside even the top 12. So that running back is a lot more valuable. We, I'm not saying ADP is wrong, or you shouldn't you know, have running back as the default of the position that you want, especially in early rounds of drafts or trades or whatever you're looking at. But that's the actual number on what that higher rate looks like. One versus two, repeating inside the top five. When we get inside the top 12, it actually gets narrower. Wide receivers are still much more likely to repeat a top 12 season from season one to season two. Not ever in their career, just the very next year. But it becomes a five wide receiver repeating inside the top 12 to a four running back repeating inside the top 12. So the difference is still one, but you can understand that five to four is better than one to two. It's, it's a lot less than a 50% increase. It's a 20% difference, right? So is it really worth valuing top 12 wide receivers significantly higher than top 12 running backs from the last season? when really only 20, you're only getting 20% of them repeat um, more often than running backs. No, and it's also scary that only 5 max, on average, repeat inside the top 12, considering how much value we place on what just happened last year. We we're always expecting last year to happen this year, right? I don't know. I definitely don't think we value wide receivers over running backs, and I don't think that's necessarily right, but these are some of the ancillary numbers and why... Wide receivers does have some advantage, especially in Dynasty, over the running back position. And this is part of what an anti-fragility mindset or strategy like 0RB tries to take advantage of. The margins are very small. It's one player. or it's 50% in the top five. It's 20% in the top 12. But there are situations, and there's a draft strategy well sketched out to try and take advantage of all the advantages of the wide receiver and the tight end and the quarterback position. Well, fading the insane value of having a significantly productive running back and trying to highlight or take advantage of one of the weaknesses of that position, which is where running backs are much more likely to come from nowhere, essentially, into this production category in any single year. And I just think the actual numbers are almost a little more interested, interesting than the rate when you're talking 1-2 to and 4-5 to instead of, you know, 27% to 21%, which is the repeating rate of wide receivers um, inside the top three and running backs inside the top three. Even there, wide receivers are a little bit more likely to repeat. Um, I don't know. That still sounds kind of heady and not... So let me put it this way. Last year, Christian McCaffrey and Ezekiel Elliott both repeated inside the top five. Now, two running backs repeating in 2019... Inside that production level is actually relatively rare, but no one's surprised, right? And the other three, the other four, but the thing is, the other three running backs that are inside that top five before the season started, like you can't really make a great argument they were terrible. As much as we try to do player evaluation, frankly, if they finished in the top five, we should want them significantly in dynasty or redraft. So there's no, I'm not saying drafting those running backs was a mistake, but inherent in the problem of running back is that even in a great year when Christian McCaffrey and Ezekiel repeat inside the top five you still had three players that we should have valued very highly and taken early in drafts that fell out now in 2017 we also had two running backs repeat inside the top five Todd Gurley and uh, Alvin Kamara or 2018 sorry and um, repeating from the 2017 season. The year before that, we just had Le'Veon Bell repeating. The year before that, we just had Marshawn Lynch. The, oh, sorry. And also Matt Forte. The year before that, we just had Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch, pretty cool. The year before that, we had two. Ray Rice and Arian Foster. The year before that, we had two. So two running backs repeating inside the top five actually happens a lot since 2010 or whatever. If you want to look at common denominators, but again, this isn't really evaluating players, right? Um, this isn't Christian. Mc- something about Christian McCaffrey made him repeat. If you're inside the top five, you probably have the situation and skill set to repeat inside the top five. That's why production is predictive of more production. If you have a productive player on your team, the chances he is going to be productive in the future is a lot more likely than pretty much anything you want to line up against it. Draft capital, college production, how great you think his really hot routes look, whatever. None of it matters compared to having been productive already in the NFL. So, again, this isn't pooping on players that win this level and they're never going to do it again. Well, they might do it again eventually in their career because it's really predictive of that. But anyway, looking at the two groups, I just did the thing everyone likes to look at, which is age. And running backs and wide receivers that repeat are typically have an average lower age than wide receivers or running backs inside those production levels. So essentially being young inside the top five or top 12 or top 24 technically gives you a slight edge and the idea you're going to repeat. But there's a lot going into that as well with injuries, with career arcs, with some people retiring. But still, if you're looking for something, uh, the fact that in 2019, right? That was last year, right? Yeah, that was last year. And we have, I think all the running backs were below the average age. That's what I'm going to tell you. That's what I'm I'm trying to line up to see. Where where was that column? I had it here because I knew I'd forget the damn ages. And now I've lost it. Oh yeah, here we go. So Davin Cook is 24, Is uh, Austin Eckler is 24, Aaron Jones is 25, which is kind of on the average of top five running backs, which is, you know, it's not an extra criticism of Aaron Jones or anything, it's just a fact. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is 24 and Christian McCaffrey is 23. The average age of a running back who finishes inside the top five, not that we should, you know, draft players based on their age at all. It's really over-exaggerated. But anyway, it's about 24.5. So all those running backs that finished inside the top five last year, and this goes to someone like Matthew Kelly's point or running back Zealot B's point, are really good right now. We're seeing an upswing. They're all young, they're all really talented, they're all in good situations, that were able to get them inside the top five in 2019. And the fact that they've done that, they've been productive in the past, means that we should definitely value them highly. But the risk of the position, nothing to do with the players themselves, or even the situations themselves, taking the risk of the position as a whole, means that getting two of these guys to repeat would be a really solid year. And in wide receivers it would actually be average for two of them to repeat inside the top five. So who finished inside the top five? And the age thing is true at wide receiver too. But again, I just, I really hate that type of evaluation, but it is, you know, factually accurate. But anyway, wide receivers that finished inside the top five last year, Uh, uh, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Julian Edelman? That doesn't feel right. Yeah. Total PPR points. He was fifth in total PPR points last year. Wow, I didn't know that. Two hundred fifty-three. Anyway, uh, Michael Thomas. And this isn't in order, obviously. He was number one, for example, and then Chris Garwin And um, most of those guys are young, so they don't have to even have to worry about it. I think anyone that worries about Julio Jones is always going to be punished until he decides not to be Julio Jones anymore. DeAndre Hopkins is in a new situation. Whatever. But we we know the risks of each of those players. Let me go back to the history to give you an idea of the comparison here. So in 2019, only Michael Thomas repeated inside the top five. And that also accounts for the feeling that wide receivers don't matter anymore, as well as a flattening of scoring in 2018, Antonio Brown, Michael Thomas, and Deandre Hopkins repeated. So three in 2016, only Antonio Brown repeated again. Weird 2015, Antonio Brown repeated again. Really Weird. Into 2016, he was also a top five wide receiver. Odo Beckham, also DeAndre Hopkins, also, again, repeated inside the top five. Now, the distribution, what I'm getting at here, is that unlike running back where you either get one or two maybe repeating, wide receiver average looks higher because it's either, it can be one or it can be five. Like, five wide receivers who finish inside the top five can repeat year over year. And that's important. The average and the fa- fallacies inherently inherent in, the a- in averages everywhere. All of them. And uh, not just selection bias, which Adam said did a great job harping on uh, on that uh, Fantasy Points podcast. Um, but also, the average is a great number as long as you understand the distribution. But it's really hard for most people to care about the average, let alone the distribution. So what am I saying here? I'm pointing out that the average wide receiver is higher marginally when you look at the average, like five players to four players repeating inside the top 12, for example, or one player to two player repeating inside the top five, for example. But the average is higher based on an, an even distribution at wide receiver in that all of them could repeat or one of them in any given year, and that drags you to a slightly higher average. When you're trying to apply that into an individual season, essentially what it's telling us is that all top five wide receivers are more likely to repeat than one top five running back. That doesn't do anything to diminish the fact that we should do everything to get that top five running back, right? Because that's where the value and the weekly value and the winning comes from. But we're also likely, more likely, to find a top five running back outside the top 36 than at any other position. But anyway, I'm kind of harping on stuff I've already said right now. One other thing I wanted to point out here, and one of the reasons that tight end rem- continues to be one of the most complexing, not complex, complexing positions um, in Dynasty Redraft, any kind of evaluation is one, no one's willing to read it right. We all want to read it. W- everyone wants to evaluate what tight end like it works in a way that it doesn't. I don't know what it is about tight end, but we all want it to work a different way than it does. The most likely player to repeat a production level is a tight end. Like, remember I said wide receivers repeat at a higher rate because they repeat at a 34% rate inside the top five? out tight end, it's 38%. In fact, it gets higher when you go to a top three level, which is unlike any other position. All the other positions drop when you look at a tighter production level. What tight ends that finish inside the top three repeat that top three performance on a year-on-year basis At a 42% clip. And remember the numbers. Like that's like one player. Right? But inside the top three. That's really significant. Like. Waller. And Ingram. Well not Ingram. Because he didn't do exactly it last year. But Waller. And Austin Hooper. These players don't go away. Even though we are constantly wishing them away. At the tight end position. And I think that's really relevant this year. It's relevant every year. I'm tired of having the same conversation about tight end every year. Everyone's like. This guy. No. That's. We had this conversation last year. Tyler Higby has a lot of upside. I get it. I really appreciate those games. I love the team. The player seems exceptionally skilled. But this is the same conversation we had last year. Every year, like you should not draft him above other top five tight ends, like at all. Like that's just bad. <laughs> don't don't do that. Last year it was Vance McDonald Honestly, been taking drafted as the fifth tight end off the board sometimes. It's Like, I, I like Vance McDonald. Stop making me not like Vance McDonald. And this year it's Tyler Higby. It, but anyway, I wanted to throw that in. Tight ends repeat at the same production level and are predictive in ADP at the same produ- the same you know top five to top five finish at a higher rate than any of these things. It just works that way. Stop hoping it works a different way. And draft Dustin Hooper and Darren Waller. It's not Wide Receiver. Anyway, I'm out of here. I hope you enjoyed some of the episode. Uh, Having a guest on next week, and I swear to God I'm going to record a new promo for this show. This millennia. No, this week. I'm going to get it done. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. I'll try. hope you're having a great day. I'm going to tag the... Links and other places you could find me, thing after the whole outro, just so no one really has to listen to it. But it's gonna be there. Uh, and I will talk to you again next week when hopefully I have a guest on. Thanks very much.
1: Bye. Yeah! Chicken a crow, crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play, run, fold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plate, so. No. peter enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Whoa. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Yeah. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Nice. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye, eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold so jake on the table and they on the play though peter numerates the plays are analytical chicken a crow chicken a crow crossing the road go clicking a poll twitter is gold play phone so jake on the table and they on the place though peter numerates the plays analytical. if
0: you could go to your podcast app internet browse whatever you use to listen to this show and other shows leave a a like a subscribe a review i'd really appreciate it it really help us out i'd like to know what you're thinking of the show um, i also have a youtube page youtube backslash pa howdy i think but it's also in the description of the show Um, i'd really like to know if you're enjoying the videos or which videos are helpful or not helpful liking and subscribing i'm assuming you know how youtube works finally i also have a patreon page um, it's free. Mo- almost everything I post on there is free. I do try and keep a few little things for Patreons to say thank you. But like access to it is for all levels. Support on there is just support. It's not a product I'm selling. I try not to do ads. I don't do ads anyway. <laughs> um, I don't sell you anything. But if you have a dollar this month or every month three dollars or whatever you can or can't afford is just fine with me but i'd really appreciate any help you could give me with any of that if you find any value entertainment or anything else in any of my work so yeah ch- check them out i guess and now i have fully sleezed myself up uh we need to do something else really appreciate it uh let's go let's let's do something more fun okay thanks Bye.